Yo, 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 what is going on, podcast crew? Hope you guys are all doing great today. Or actually, I should almost say this evening for you guys who listen to it live. Uh, it's kind of a pretty dark, cold, rainy day here in the north of France if you're new around here. Um, but just wanted to say that I appreciate you guys. Uh, the, the book, I want to say thank you. I don't know who, if maybe some of you listeners, some people brought the book like over the weekend, like People were buying the Just Press Record, the book that I wrote about video recording. Like, I was pretty shocked, like a big spike. Just thank you guys if that was you. I, I really appreciate it. I appreciate you guys' support. Um, And kind of just today, wanted to just kind of get into something. I know it's pretty late, but, you know, I've kind of had this on my mind and trying to ex- – didn't know how to really explain this story. But, um, you know, I get a lot of people asking me, how am I able to, how do I know when to, to, when I'm too tired to train? How do I know when to train? How do I know when to take breaks? How do I know when to make transitions in the vlogs? How do I learn, know when to film, when not to film? And I get a lot of questions like this. And it's kind of the same response. I can say one story that can put it all in, into, into perspective and answer that question, all those questions. Easily, and it's kind of something that I heard on a TV show. Um, I can't remember the name. I believe the TV show was White Collar. Uh, and after I heard this, I looked it up, and it's absolutely true. Um, so to answer that, those questions that I get, it would be it would be simple as this. I'd have to ask you guys if you guys have ever heard of chicken sexers. Yes, chicken sexers. Um, well, for those of y'all who don't know, basically when a when a chicken is born, a baby chicken, it needs to be separated. They need to be separated into two groups, male and female. But the only problem is when baby chickens are born, there's no way to tell the difference between male and female. There's no physical, there's no difference. You don't know. So what, what these people did in, and I believe it was China, what they did to separate it is they actually have schools for this, believe it or not, when I look deeper into this. Um, but basically what they did was they, they took, took a group of people and to train them to tell the difference, because as I said, there's no physical way to tell the difference. The way you can tell the difference is what they do is you, you'd have a student sit down in front of a box of baby chickens. And as he took the chickens out, if he put it on the right, that meant that it was for male. He put it on the left, it was for female. So what he did is he take it out, put it on the right. If he was wrong, the, the, the teacher behind him would tap him on the shoulder and let him know that, no, that was in the wrong pile. And as he picked it up again, he put it on the right, get a tap on the shoulder. He was wrong. Uh, or she, whoever, you, <laughs> I don't want to get all into craziness, but whoever it is, you know, the, the student would be told whether they're right or wrong by, by just a tap on the shoulder. Simple tap. That's it. No, nothing being said. And what they do is they do this for four or five, six, seven hours a day. And after two months, the, the, Somehow something snaps in the students and they know just instantly which is right and which is wrong, which is male, which is female. They know they know instantly. And, you know, I say that story because that's my answer to how I, I've learned a lot of things, when to take breaks, when to, to rest, when to when to make a transition, when to when to film, when not to film. And it's one word. Instinct. And it's something that you, you just develop naturally. We have these natural instincts in us. We know when to be scared. We know when there's so many instincts that we are we have built like in us genetically, um, most of which are way over exaggerated than what us as humans actually realize. For example, just a simple aspect of fear. Like we don't really know what fear is. It's way over 
it's way over, I don't even know what the word is, but it's just, it's, people talk about it way too much when it's not a real fear. You know, like people are, like, fear, they have fear to go up and approach someone they don't know. And that's like a fear that we have, but it stems back to the fact of, you know, when we didn't know someone and back when we were living in the woods and there was no electricity and you don't know someone, they could be there to kill you. They could be there to do something. So you have this fear come about to to increase all of your senses, to get you ready to a fight or flight response. And that's where that stems from. Or the simple fact of we're scared of rejection, um, because if you look back in, in history, you know, back when not now with cars and technology, but you look back 700 years ago, 1,000, 2,000 years ago, you realize that you, everyone had to be part of a tribe. You, you kind of had to be liked. If you weren't liked, it's not like the like, like I want to be liked in my class or in my school or in my job. It, it's nothing like that. It was like you had to be liked because you had to be accepted in the tribe. Because if you weren't in a tribe, you'd most likely die out on your own, out in the woods, in the wilderness, in the forest. Like you, you need to be around a tribe. So that's where that came from instilled within our genes and in our genetics. But now we use that same response to not being liked in class or not being liked by a group of people that you just met a week ago, you know, and it's kind of the same thing. So for me, it's, it was understanding that the instinct, you know, we have our natural instinct, but we have instinct that can just be developed over time. So for me, when it comes to, you know, because I, I, I really get a lot of questions about people asking, when do I take breaks? When do I rest? When do I sleep? You know, I'm someone who really recognizes the warning signs very well. And that's from, that's instinct. It's something that I've just realized from failing a lot of times, having my body almost fail on me. And I've pushed myself to the limit. You know, when you're super tired, like I've, I've done things that I'm just like, whoa, like how was I able to do that? And I realized, you know, as I've told you, I want to say it was in the last podcast. It was from a book that I read, uh, Living with a Seal. Uh, it was with a, a guy who lived with a Navy SEAL, uh, David Goggins. And, you know, he said, when you think you're at your limit, you've only reached 40%. You know, so for me, that, and that's so true because when, you, when you're at your limit, you don't think you have any more. You can't keep going. You just, you got nothing left. You do. And as you make those little steps in your daily life and going over one challenge and then another challenge, you're able to, to realize like, whoa, this isn't so bad. You know, I had a, 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 maybe you guys, I actually made a podcast on that day, I want to say, probably about maybe a month, two months ago, I had to go down to my, my city the where, I, where I lived at. Um, I went down there actually on the train. And I had to go down there for uh, for a meeting, basically. Um, and I had a meeting, a very important meeting I had to get to. Uh, and as I got there, I had problems with the train. I missed the last train. I was able to catch a ride with someone random who gave me a ride the extra 40 minutes. After I'd been traveling five hours that day, the last 40-minute section of the trains, there were problems. And I was able to get a hold of someone who gave – I met someone, actually, who gave me a ride to my city where I had to go. Um, and I got to my city super late at night, way, way, way much later than I had planned to. Um, and I got there and I met with my friend who, who gave me my stuff that I needed. Um, and I told him, see you later. I had a meeting. It was about probably 10 o'clock at night when I got there. I had a meeting the next day at nine that I had to be at. It was a very important meeting. Um, so I knew that I couldn't go to some of my friend's house who lived further away. I didn't have a car. I didn't have any kind of transportation. And I had a lot of bags with me because it was my computer, stuff that my friends had given me. So I had a lot of stuff. 
And, you know, it was at this time when I went to my hotel to check in. It must have been around 1130. I went to go out to an old restaurant that I used to eat at all the time when I lived there. Got to my hotel around 1130 at night. Go to check in. They have a reservation. Went through the whole la da 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 Yes, Luke. And all the kind of stuff. And he's like, oh, we're sorry. We overbooked the hotel. And you're, you can't, there's no place for you to stay. And it's like 1130 at night. I had nowhere to stay. Um, of course, I had friends, but I'm someone who I hate. I really, I know hate's a strong word, but I'm someone who really does not like to go out my way asking people for stuff. You know, I, of course, I could have, but I was like, I'm going to suck it up. I'm going to just, you know, I, I realized in my back of my mind, I realized, like, I haven't seen these people here for six months. So if I come over there, I don't want to just go there and go to sleep. We're going to stay up talking. We're going to have all this kind of stuff. And I have a very important meeting that I have to look like presentable that in the morning. And I just was so exhausted. Like, I remember it was probably about midnight and I had one person lived in the center who would be able to help me out. And um, so I gave them a call. They, they were asleep and, you know, they, they woke up and they said they weren't at home, but they have someone that could bring the key and not a lot. It was a lot of, lot of stuff. Long story short, they, the person wasn't able to come bring me the key. And it must have been about one o'clock in the morning. Um, and I literally stayed up the entire night. I literally walked around this city that I used to live in uh, because by the time I knew it, it was about two o'clock in the morning and I hadn't told anyone I was coming there uh, because I wanted to just do my business and then leave. Um, so I was hoping that, you know, I, I didn't want to reach out and call anyone basically, but long story short, you know, I ended up staying out up the entire night until I want to say it must have been eight o'clock in the morning. I had still been awake. I had been at a, a, a hotel. I was in their lobby, just sitting there. Getting, trying to get some work done, trying not to fall asleep, all these things. Must have had four or five coffees. Um, and, you know, as I was talking to my friends on the phone, actually, that don't live there, but they were calling to check on me because a lot of people knew what was going on. They, you know, they were like, Luke, why don't you just take a hotel? There's only one hotel in the entire city that everything else was booked. And, you know, I just said to them, I was like, you know, this sucks for me right now. But if I can push through this, this will be, what, 34 hours of me being awake. If I can push through this... It'll make it'll make a lot more sense to me in the future. And times when I can't when I can't feel like I can go on any longer, I'll look back to this moment right now, and this will get me through. And it's just recreating what you're capable of. So it's almost like an instinct. So basically, when I realize I'm tired, you're gonna think back to wait a minute. Uh, I was just up 36 hours at that time or that one time, you know, and you, you look back to it and that's what gets you through to the future, gets you through next. So for me, it's so much about instinct and it's through trial and error for me. Uh, it's been instinct, instinct. It's from so many times falling flat on my face, realizing my body was dead. Been times I've been in trading, eating unhealthy and I was like, I can keep going. But then we're in training and all of a sudden my stomach is killing me. My head is hurting. And I realized like, this is, this is not good. You know, but this happens over and over and over. And the more it happens, the more you do, the more you push yourself, the more you learn about yourself. You actually find where your limits are. You know, a lot of us, we don't know them. We make these mental barriers in our mind. And, you know, we wonder why we, we can't do this. You know, all these voices in your head that say you can't, you can't, you can't. These voices didn't get there by themselves. And we didn't put them in there, our heads. You know, and you really got to think, like, where did it come from? It came from you when you're growing up, and all of a sudden you're told you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this. And finally, it just clicks in your head, like, if this doesn't work once for me, then it's not going to work for me this time. And that's just because it's just been ingrained, because if you can't get this math problem right this time, and you don't get it right the next time, you don't know how to do it. So we carry that same thing with us in different situations. 
But I've always found that by pushing yourself, by pushing your limits, you almost reshape your genetics in a sense. You're reshaping what you do. You're reshaping your, your thoughts, your mind. And before you know it, months later, you're like those chicken sexers, being able to separate the good things from the bad things to, to knowing your limits, to knowing how, how much more you can keep going, how much longer you can keep going, how much further you can keep going. And for me, that has been one of the most in, in, insightful things that I've had is just from just trial and error. It's just trial and error. It's always pushing yourself. It's always pushing your boundaries. And then before you know it, it becomes instinct. It becomes instinct when you realize like, okay, I'm at my limit now. I need to take a second break and then I can keep going. You get to your limit. You are, when do I need to do this? When do I need to do that? How do I know when to do this and when not to do that? And it's all instinct. It's all from trial and error. It comes from those mistakes. It comes from those times when you think you can't keep going. It's from those times when you, you realize that maybe this is the best choice, but then you realize like, wait a minute, that was a mistake. And you're basically living a life experiment. You're your own scientific study. Over the course of however old you guys are, that's how long this study's been going for. And we can look outside and look at other people, but if we look within and we see ourselves, we'll see all the examples we need of what what we have to do to succeed, what we have to do when it's not going to succeed, and we need to change directions. And for me, it's it's by doing, it's by doing, it's by doing, it's by doing that we really get to learn ourselves and recreate almost our genetics and the things we're scared of, the things that we aren't comfortable doing. We push ourselves out the comfort zone. We we make those limits that we put in our minds growing up and we expand those. And before we know it, we're just like, we have no limit. We realize we don't have a limit. We And we're doing things that we're like, how am I able to do this? Because you've changed your habit and you've turned this into almost instinct. You know, like you, you, re- you just automatically start waking up early in the morning. You automatically start eating healthy. You don't even have to think about it. You go to my McDonald's and you don't even think about, oh, the, that burger, that, that milkshake, that, you know, those fries. It's going to be nice hot. Fr- like you don't, you don't think like that anymore. You, you've changed it. It's, it's like instinct. You see a McDonald's, you just keep going. It doesn't matter. You're not being pulled to it. Your instinct has just totally changed. And that's all by doing things. So for me, when it's when people ask me, how do I know when to do this? How do I know when to do that? You know, most of the times when I actually do know how to do it, it's because I did it the wrong way so many times. Because I've learned from making the mistakes. I've learned from, from paying the price that that doesn't work. And eventually, you reshape your instincts that you have. You know, and I think that's probably one of the biggest things for me. That chicken, chicken sexer story really kind of changed the way I looked at a lot of things. And hopefully that story changes something with you guys or, or makes you realize that, you know, just to try new things, keep pushing yourself, keep breaking down those limitations. And you realize that all the limitations you think that you see, they're literally, they're in your mind. And that's kind of that breakthrough moment. Of course, there's ways, the physical capabilities and being able to run a mile in four minutes and all this kind of stuff. Maybe, you know, genetics on that kind of stuff is difficult. But at the same time, as far as instinct in your mind, knowing what you can, what you can't, how far to go, when to stop, when to keep going, when to change direction, that is done over time. And for me, that's just something that has stuck with me. And just remember the chicken sexer story and that, that should get you through a lot. 
So uh, I want to thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys had a great weekend, by the way. Uh, I've been kind of chilling. Uh, I have a blog that's supposed to be edited, and I've just honestly been just kind of relaxing myself um, and just kind of taking it easy. You know, I've been pushing a lot lately, a lot of things with basketball, but I want to thank you guys who have been looking out for me. A lot of people writing, how's everything going? Have you ever posted a blog in like three days? Is everything okay? Guys, I'm doing great. Everything's fine. Just taking a little break, just relaxing a little bit. Um, and uh, I think that's kind of it. It's pretty late here in the north of France. Uh, well, late for me because I've got to get up early in the morning. But I want to wish you guys a beautiful evening, beautiful night. Hope the sun is out. Hope you guys are warm. Maybe a nice tea, nice coffee, something like that. Uh, and just want to thank you guys for your attention, your time, and your support. And I'll talk to you all later. And this is Luke from Luke Life Charms. Over and out.